this week's parsha is Parshas Vayera. And the Pasuk says, when Avram Avinu was negotiating, bargaining with HaKadosh Baruch Hu to save the people of Sadaim. So he says, what about if there were 50 tzaddikim in Sadaim? Would you destroy the city? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no, I wouldn't destroy it then. If I could find 50 tzaddikim in the city, I would spare the entire Sadaim as a result of those 50 tzaddikim. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, says that those people in life who say, what are those rabbis, what are those kailal guys, what are those avrechim, what are those yeshiva bachrim doing all day, what do they help, what are they, what are they accomplishing with their life? If they're learning, they're learning for themselves, if they're learning Gemara, they're learning it for themselves, they're just engaging in uh, Talmudic gymnastics all day, and uh, they're, they're not accomplishing anything. Let them go get a job. Let them go, go to get a profession. Uh, what, what does it help me that I have Kyle guys learning all day and all night? What, what does that do for me? I think we've all maybe heard those types of comments uh, either in passing or uh, on a steady basis. So the Gemara says, those that say that, those that use such tainus against Hamidich Chachamim are called Megalim Panim Batayra. Rashi says they're Kaifrim B'mashikasa Batayra. They are people that are Kaifer. They deny what it says in the Torah. They're not saying, they think that they're 100% fine. They're the ones that got it right. They're the ones that are really, you know, they're, they're, they put tefillin on, they put a talus on, and they, uh, you know, they, they, they do chesed and all that. They think that they have it right. But they're megala panim batayra, shalai kalacha. They're basically being kaifer in what the Torah itself says about tamidim about sadikim, about people that are, that are great. Where is, a, where is the kfira in something that it says in the Torah? What are they saying that's wrong? Is there anything technically that they're going against the Torah about? What are they saying that's wrong? Where, where is their mistake? The Gemara gives a few examples. The one such example is from this Pasuk in our parsha, Because the Pasuk says, That HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, If I would find 50 tzaddikim scattered amongst Sadaim, Amaira, the five cities of evil, if there are five tzaddik, if there are 50 tzaddikim in those cities, I would spare the entire city. I would spare everybody. All the Risham Gemurim that lived in Sadaim would get a free pass, all because of these tzaddikim. What do you see from this? So the Gemara says that you see from here that the Kayach of a tzaddik is so great that it even has the ability to be Megan on an entire city of Rishayim that already had a Gezar Din of Kali on them. They were supposed to be destroyed. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said they must be destroyed. Oh, there's 50 tzaddikim in the city? Fine, I'm not going to destroy them. What do you see from here? The power of a tzaddik. A tzaddik is not just learning for himself. 
a tzaddik and somebody that sits and learns, somebody that davens, somebody that's from, somebody that has is an Eved Hashem, he's not just doing it for himself. He's not a selfish endeavor that he's engaged in, that it's only for himself. It's just, uh, you know, he's trying to make himself holy. He's trying to make himself knowledgeable, scholarly. Uh, but he's sitting in an ivory castle and he, he's not really uh, doing anything for society around him. That is the greatest misconception, says the Gemara, because you see from this Pasuk that if there would only have been 50 tzaddikim in the city and then Avram Avinu bargained down even lower, but at least as a starting point, even 50 tzaddikim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I will spare the entire city. That shows us the power of a tzaddik, of a tamad chacham, of an Eved Hashem, that he's not just doing it for himself. The power of Tyra, the power of Kedusha, is an iron dome that saves entire communities, it saves entire countries, it saves entire worlds. And if you don't believe it, and you think yeah, that's, that's not true, you're a Megala Panim Batayra. You are saying that, there's, that the Tyra is not true. So many times they say, oh, this, Kailo, this concept of Kailo is something new, it never happened, the Rav Aaron never intended this, he never intended How many times have we heard these things? What do they do? Let them, you know, do this, and only a few people should stay in le- These are things that, I don't know if you heard when you were growing up, but I heard it all the time, from many different sources, all around. The, the, the arrows were always being, uh, being shot at Tyra, at Kailala, at, at, at Kedusha, and people think that they're right. You know, they have the Ashkafa. This is a Gemara. It's not something that's a modern type of, uh, of Taina to deflect the criticism. This is a Gemara. It's a Gemara Mufurash and Sanhedrin. And it's a Pasuk in Chumash that a tzaddik is not just learning for himself. A tzaddik has the ability to protect. He could protect an entire city. And Rebellion Lapian, well, unfortunately, we didn't have a chance to learn this week because of Sheva Brachas and my daughter, but on uh, Tuesday night we normally learn together a beautiful piece from Rebellion Lapian. He says a remarkable vart on this Gemara, on this, on this Pasuk. He says that imagine if there would have been 50 tzaddikim in the city of Sadaim, and HaKadosh Baruch would have spared the whole city. Now life would go on as usual. Nobody would know. There would be no headlines you know, uh, in the newspapers that the tzaddik saved the city, just life would go on as normal. And, you'd all, and, and people would still criticize those tzaddikim, what are they doing and how are, you know, and, and they should get a job and they should be, you know, be, be more productive members of society and what do they do for us and why do we have to support them and they're just doing this and they're just lazy and, they're just, and they would never know. It happens to be that we know what the Torah says and that, unfortunately, there weren't 50 tzaddikim, there weren't 45, there weren't 40, but, but let's say there had been 50, let's say Ramavino had one, based on this Tainah, Kodesh Baruch would have spared the city, then the peop- life would have gone on. There would never be a, you know, a, a neon light saying that tzaddikim saved the city. They would still think that it's, it's them, and it's their power, and it's their might, it's their army, it's everything, all the natural forces that are protecting them, but they would never give credit to tzaddikim. They wouldn't know to give credit to tzaddikim. But we have this gemara, we have this pasuk, we know what's really going on behind the scenes. What's going on behind the scenes is that a tzaddik is what protects the city. A tzaddik is what 
gives us security and stability and serenity in our life. That's what is causing what we have when we have peace, when we have tranquility. And sometimes the, the irony is, the sad irony is that when things are relatively calm, that's when things are the worst for tzaddikim. When it's the worst for tzaddikim. Because then everything is good, life is good, the stock market's doing well, and people are happy, and, and that's when, you know, things go, when you feel everything is in place, that's when you can start bashing Haredim and Taira and Kailal, and, and that's what happened pretty much in Eretz Yisrael. You know, before, before October 7th, it was, there was so much dis, discord in, in Eretz Yisrael between the right wing and the left wing, between the Charedim and the Chilonim, and the, the Eretz was had such a, 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 a period, like a, a seismic, you know, uh, line separating the two, uh, the two sides on every single front, and it was terrible. It was terrible what was going on in Eretz Yisrael. And all of a sudden, when there's Machlekes, when there's crisis... Unfortunately, Klai Yisrael knows how to get together in times of crisis. Baruch Hashem, that's a good thing, but it would be much better if we would know how to get along when things are good also. Because if things would have been, if, if we would have gotten along when things were good, maybe we wouldn't need this wake-up call. I saw in a Sefer that there was a, uh, once there was a, uh, like a little gathering of Yeshiva Bachem together with Meir Tzvi Bergman. And there were a whole lot of people in the room. Meir Tzvi Bergman is the, was, is the son-in-law of Rav Shach. And uh, he's a Rosh Yeshiva. He's, uh, you know, he came to America a couple of months ago. It was a big thing for the Adira Atera event in Lakewood. And he was supposed to speak. Unfortunately, uh, he lost his son when he was in America. When he was in, when he was in America, his son in Eretz Yisrael was Nifter. But... He was, he's a very big Tamachacham, a very major leader in Tamachacham and a big tzaddik. He wrote wonderful Svarim, the Shari Aira, and others. And he was once telling a story that the city of Bialystok, Bialystok is a, was a very big city in Europe. It was a tremendously large city. A lot of Jews came from the city, and they were looking for a rav. They were looking for a rabbi for the, new, for the city. They needed a rabbi to replace the old rabbi. So they heard that Rav Moshe Salavechik, who was one of Rav Chaim Salavechik's sons, was possibly a potential candidate for the, for the position. And they traveled to Brisk, where he was learning with his father, and they spoke to Rav Chaim about appointing the son as this, this very prominent position as the Bialystok Rav. And even though it was Rav Moshe's father that they were asking about, but they knew Reb Chaim was, uh, you know, was not going to be swayed in any way. He was going to tell them the truth and you know, give them a good eight to whether or not he feels his son is, is, is appropriate for the Rabbanus in Bialystok. So Reb Chaim said to them, it's a great idea. He says, just this morning, we were talking over a Shver Rambam, we were talking about a difficult Rambam, and Ramesha said the most brilliant Yishuv of the Rambam. He said such a geshmaka way to explain the Rambam, the difficulty in the Rambam. I think he would make an excellent, an excellent Rav in Bialystok. So 
the Balabatim, this, this group that came, this delegation that came from Bialystok, started laughing. And one of them said, there's two reasons why we don't understand what Reb Chaim is saying. He says, first of all, he says, what do we need in Bialystok, somebody being Miyashev Rambams? We don't, that's not what we need in Bialystok. We don't need somebody sitting, sitting and learning and being Miyashev Rambams. That's not the type of rabbi we need. He says, and second of all, if he's good at being Miyashev Rambams, so that's great. Let him stay in Brisk. He doesn't have to come to Bialystok. He's not doing anything extra in Bialystok to Miyashev Rambam. Those are two tainas that the Balabatim of Bialystok had. And the people that were sitting around Mayor C. Bergman started laughing, like, he like, you know, they're right, you know, good, good Taina. And Mayor C. Bergman got very upset that they were laughing. And they, he said, he got up and he made a macha and he said that you are being nana, you are enjoying words of apikursis. He says, you think that Reb Chaim didn't know before he said that what the people of Bialystok were going to tie in back to him? Then Reb Chaim didn't know that you don't have to be Miyashiv Shver Ramam to be the Rav of Bialystok? Think he, he didn't know that he, had to, he could stay in Bialystok? He knew that. Elamai, he still said what he said. Reb Chaim wasn't naive. Reb Chaim wasn't telling him they should be, he should be the Rav of Bialystok because he's great at being Miyashiv Ramams. He knew that. And he still said it. You know why? Because one of the major, if not the major, milos of having a tamachacham, the stature of Ramesha Salvechik, to be the Rav of Bialystok, is not to give brilliant drushes, and it's not to give, uh, to visit Chaylam in the hospital, and it's not to, those are other things that, that Rabbanim do that are very important. But the main reason to have a tzaddik in your city is because v'nasasil chalamakam bavuram, through his learning of Rambam, that will give a shmira, that will protect, that will bring bracha to the whole city. Everybody's parnasa level, the, the, you know, the, uh, uh, a rising tide lifts all ships. If you have a tamachacham, the statue of Meshachat Salvation in your city, there is protection. You're not going to get harmed by, uh, by terrible things happening in your city. And you're not going to be able, and, and, and you'll be able to have more Yerushalayim because he's there. And you're going to have more Nachas from your Kindalach because he's there. And the Parnassah is going to be better. And the Tzedakahs are going to be better. Yeshivas are going to be better. Everything is going to rise because he's there. Merely because he's learning. The Maila of having a Talmud Chacham that's sitting and learning in your city is not Shayach to understand or to explain to anybody, even to ourselves, we don't understand it. But, uh, but to explain it to somebody that has no shaykhahs, to explain it to uh, somebody that doesn't understand the, these hashkafas, it's like, it's like telling them the most ridiculous thing in the world. That's what Apikorsis is. Apikorsis is somebody that refuses to understand the true reality of the world, and that is the importance of Tyra, the shmira that Tyra provides, the tzidkus that a tzaddik gives to a city and that the lucky people that are able to be zaycha to sit in the in the svivas of such a of such a tzaddik. I remember during the Persian Gulf War, and you could still look up articles and and Kairis, During the Persian Gulf War, that was like the last time I, I think that there was such a, a grave existential threat to Eretz Yisrael. Instead of it being from, you know, from Hezbollah in the north and Gaza and the Hamas, it was from Iraq. There was a Russian, Marusha, by the name of Saddam Hussein. He was like the, the worst Tzairah Yehudim of his time. 
and he basically threatened that he was going to, uh, if America attacks Israel, he's going uh, America attacks Iraq, um, which they were about to because he took over Kuwait and whatever. And Bush, President Bush Senior, was uh, was lining up forces, and he was going to invade Iraq. So if you invade Iraq, which is his country, I am going to lob Scud missiles against Israel. Now these Scud missiles were the size of school buses. They weren't like little missiles. They were huge missiles. And there was a very big fear that he had put chemical weapons in the tips of these these missiles. And chemical weapons, if they they smash into any place in Israel, would cause tremendous, tremendous damage to the nerves of, of, of thousands, millions of Jews living in Israel. And it was a pachet pochadim. And everyone needed sealed rooms in their houses. They had to tape them up with uh, tape plastic on the doors to stop any, any of this chemical from coming in. Every, every Israeli was given a uh, government-issued gas mask. And you can see pictures of how people were, you know, were, were, were wearing these gas masks. They're very, it's very fr- frightening. And there were sirens going off during the war. The war broke out. 39 missiles were lobbed in Territ Israel. And, uh, and it was Pachet Pachadim. I remember in America, 1010 Winds, which was the big news station in New York, every time a, a missile came, there was, you know, like a siren that was played on the radio station because there's so many Jews there, and we were all worried about what was going on in Israel. So they didn't know what to do. And, and if you're learning in Israel, if you're an American learning in Israel, so your parents wanted you to come home. And many parents, many, many boys and girls that were learning Eretz Yisrael did come home. But they asked Reb Chaim, a group of Americans went to Reb Chaim Kanievsky, and said, you know, you know, do we have to, uh, I think it was Bachim actually that were learning in Bnei Brach. Do we have to worry about Scott Mitzvah? Our parents want us to come home or whatever. Do we have to worry? Because Tel Aviv was right next to Bnei Brach and, and there was a fear that they were going to shoot a primarily at Tel Aviv. So Reb Chaim says, no, you don't have to worry about anything happening bad, at least in Bnei Brak. Why? Because Rav Shach is here. Rav Shach was still alive. Rav Shach is a Gadol Adar. Rav Shach is a Tzadik Adar. Rav Shach is a Manig Adar. If he's here, you're protected. Nothing, nothing bad is going to happen in Bnei Brak. And they said, that's good to hear. There's only one problem. Before we came to Reb Chaim, we went to Rav Shach, and Rav Shach said that we should get out. Rav Shach said, yeah, if you have a chance to get out, maybe it's better to go home or whatever, not to be here. So I heard that Rav Chaim said, the reason why Rav Shach said that is because even Rav Shach doesn't know who Rav Shach is. If Rav Shach would know who he really is, he would never, he would have more confidence to know that it's safe. It's just interesting, you know, that Reb Chaim himself, obviously, after he, after Reb Shach was nifter, then the Bnei Brak continued to be a very safe place because he had Reb Chaim Kanievsky there, and everybody knew that. And right after Reb Chaim was nifter, I, I don't know if anyone else was saying, I never saw it written anywhere, but I'm sure it's been noted, like literally like a few days after he was nifter, all of a sudden there was like a mechabel, a, a like a terrorist that came into Bnei Brak. He, I think he killed a few people, Achman al-Atlan. Um, I remember he shot a driver, I remember, but literally a few days later, and then now there's like a terrible rodent problem in Bnei Brak. 
Like there's terrible, terrible, on Sukkot, there's all types of shilas, whether or not people on first floors in, uh, in Bnei Brak should even sit in the Sukkot, if they're mitzvah, terrible, terrible issue with rodents. And, and, and these are things that never happened when Reb Chaim was alive. And this whole October 7th, I'm not, obviously, I don't know this for a fact, but I don't think October 7th could have possibly happened if Reb Chaim Kanievsky was alive. I just don't believe it. Not to be Maitzilaz on the G'day Yisrael that we have today, Chas v'shalom, because we do have G'day Yisrael today, but Reb Chaim was on such a madriga that I don't think such things could happen. We didn't have such things happening on this level when Reb Chaim Kanievsky was, was around. Reb Chaim Kanievsky, what was he? He was a big Rosh Hashiva. He didn't have Yeshiva. He was just a Yid that sat and learned. He was a Tzaddik that sat and learned by, by him. Obviously, he wrote Sarim, and obviously he has, he was, people were Shail Eitz of him day and night, and he was, and his, his Taira and his Sarim are Misaifa Elamat Saifa, but he himself was, when you boil it all down, he was a person that was sitting and the biggest Masman Adar. Him and Ishvara, Yashiv, they sat and they learned. They didn't, uh, they gave Piskei Alochas, they gave, they, but they were they were they weren't like these you know gong you know they were they were people that sat and learned the whole Eretz Yisrael Bnei Brak beyond was spared because we had a Reb Chaim Kanievsky and then and you have to appreciate that that's what we're talking about today to appreciate when you have a tzaddik in a city how much bracha that brings to a city. You have G'dayli Yisrael, you have Rashi Yeshivas, you have Tilmi Chacham, you have Chasidah Sherebis, you have Svadish Chachamim, you have Paiskim, or Avrechim, just simple people that are learning there without any shtela, without any job, any position, any fancy title, just the fact that people are sitting in a city learning, that itself is the greatest weapon that we have. And I know that we hear this a lot lately, and you know we have to do our part in yeshiva, and we do all night mishmaras, and we do or all night, all twenty four seven throughout weeks, and and that's that's this, that's what we're saying right now. Tyra is not just okay, fine. You know we feel guilty that we're not serving in the army, so let's try to do a little bit uh, on our own to for the war effort. No, our learning, our davening, all these things that we're doing, or that tzaddikim are doing, in every city, is really equal, if not more powerful, than what we're watching on videos that the chayalim are doing. This is not in any way to, to take anything away from the chayalim. Chayalim are mamish tzaddiki yisraelim. Every chayal that's fighting is is meiser nefesh, literally, to save Klal Yisrael, to save Eretz Yisrael. Everyone that's killed in battle are Kedosh Elyon, and they're dying to protect the Tyra, to protect the Dikim, and, and, and you see the, the religious you know, upsurge amongst the Chayalim. They all want to wear tzitzis. They're saying Shema. They're, 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 they're putting on tefillin. There's a, a tremendous Osiris right now of Kedusha in the world. And so, the, so of course, the Chayalim deserve the utmost credit, but that's not what we're talking about right now. That's for sure true. But we're talking about the tzaddikim. We're talking about the tamid chachamim that are that are able to to do their part, and that part is not an insignificant part. It's not like okay, we can't fight in the battle, but we're going to try to. That's not the way it is in Shemaim, The greatest shmira, the reason why we're successful in battle, and these are gemaras. These are gemaras. The reason why we're successful in battle is because there are people that are learning. There is shari yushalayim. The Gemara says, who is it that's causing that our, our feet should stand? 
that are in battle, Sharayach Yerushalayim, these Tamidacham that are learning by the gateways of Yerushalayim. I once was in Shir by Yerushalayim Zalman Arbach, and he said that there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin that says that that Chizkiyoh Melech um, one time came to a base Medrash and he, he was not Cherev uh, Bedalse base Medrash he stuck his sword into the door of the base Medrash and he says whoever is not learning should be stabbed with this sword they deserve to die so Rav Shalom said, really, I, I know that Pitol Taira is a big Avera. I never knew that it was Chayav Misa. I didn't see any, any Chazalan ever that says, that, or any Rambams, any Shulchan Aruch that say that Pitol Taira is Chayav Misa. What, is, what does Chizkiel mean? So Rav Shalom said that this was during an Ace Mochama, just like we're going through now. Sancheriv was attacking. There were people, there was armies that, was go, that were going to do battle against Sancheriv. And then there were people in the base Medrash that were learning against Sancheriv. And he says that just like in a battle, let's say a chayal would run away, he gets scared, and he's on the front lines, and he sees some terrorist or whatever coming out of a tunnel, and he, and he runs away. What happens to that chayal? He's chayav misa, it's awol. If you go awol, if you go absolutely, you can't run away from that. If you're on battle, you've got to be in the battle. And if you run away from a battle, then you will be court-martialed, and in certain armies, they will kill you. If you're not learning Tyra during this time, says Chizkiyot, you are AWOL. Because it's, it's so important what we're doing, what we're learning, when we're davening, we're saying to him, it's so important and we have to understand ourselves. The world might not appreciate what we're doing, but we have to appreciate what we're doing. We have to appreciate what Tamid are doing, what Sadiqim are doing. Because they are providing the Shmira and we don't want to wait till we lose more Tamid to appreciate the greatness that, that they're providing for us. The power of a tzaddik is so intense that this is the main thing that we have to do, Bishas Mulchamu. Not because we're, we're not Chayelim. Even the Chayelim themselves are learning. I saw pictures of Chayelim learning Dafyaymi together. They shipped out you know, thousands of Dafyaymi Gemaras. Uh, the, you know, the soft arts girl, I think, shipped Hebrew Gemaras, the soft cover ones, you know, the pamphlets. By the thousands, pallets of Gemaras were sent to the army, and they're learning. They, the soldiers themselves are learning. Like Yeshua, you know, the Gemara says that Yeshua, when he was, even when he was doing battle, at night, a Malach came to him as a Taina, why aren't you learning? You should be learning. I was doing battle the whole day, I'm a little tired. I have to rest up for tomorrow's battle. No, no, you have to learn. Even the soldiers themselves are learning. If you're not doing battle, you have to learn. We have, we, I'm talking to myself, we have to learn. So this is the greatness of a tzaddik. And when we're talking about tzaddikim, we often think of people like Reb Chaim Kanievsky, and of people like Reb Yashiv, and people like Reb Meshach But there's a fascinating Meshach on this Pasuk, these psukim about if you find chamishim tzaddikim b'seichir, the Meshachma points out something that I don't think anyone else ever thought of. What type of tzaddikim are we talking about over here? Are we talking about big, big tzaddikim? Are tzaddikim living in sedaim? Well, think about it. These are residents of sedaim. 
Why would they choose to live in Sadaim? And what could they possibly be surrounded by every day in Sadaim? Can you imagine that we know a, well, a little bit of when, what went on in Sadaim? And the decadence and the immorality and the pritzos and the, and the, and, and the rishos. If you look through the Chazalan about the, how topsy turvy Sadaim was and how everything was flipped over on its head and all morality was out the window, and these Sadiqim are sitting in, this, in the city. Tzadikim, Chamishim, Tzadikim, B'Say Chayir? What type of Tzadik is this? Which, would Chaim Kanievsky sit in the heart of, I don't know, of uh, wherever, you know, move to Las Vegas? Is that, is that what we picture a Tzadik being? Elamite, says the Meshachachma, you're right, it's not talking about a Tzadik necessarily like what we've been speaking about up until this point, the, you know, the big Tzadikim Gemurim. This is a Tzadik, who lives in amongst Rishon, and he sees things, or he's, he, he might be tempted to look at things, but he doesn't. He's, he's able to maintain himself, even with all of the taiva surrounding him, he's able to somehow you know, win more battles than he loses. Not that he's perfect. He's not perfect. You can't be perfect sometimes if you're living in Sadaim. You can't be perfect if you have internet access and you have an, a smartphone, you have a, or you're, you're living, you have a job in Manhattan, you have to walk the streets in the summer, in the winter, and you can't. It's not shy. You're going to be looking at things. You're going to be thinking about things. You're going to be experiencing things, talking to people. The Gemara today, the last Gemara in, in the last Daf in Kedushin, fascinating Daf speaks about, you know, certain umnas that a person should not engage in because it's too tempting. person, you know, it says a single guy should not be a Rebbe to, to young children. Why not? What's so bad? Sounds nice. Uh, it's a nice job for uh, to be a Rebbe in Yeshiva. No. It says because by PTA, the mothers are going to come and the father's going to schmooze uh, the Rebbe, the, 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 the Rebbe is going to have to schmooze with the mothers and then they, something could happen and, and, and they could be over certain Averas. And, and other types of umnasin that the Gemara speaks about, many umnasin that you have to interact with women on a daily basis and store owners and, uh, you know, and, and people that are engaged in uh, um, selling perfumes and selling jewelry and you're, you're speaking to women all day, it's better not to engage in those umnas, says the Gemara. You're forced to engage to a certain degree with the world. Not everybody is zaychet to be sitting in a base medish all day. And it's very, very problematic. It's a very big problem for many people to have Shmir Senaim and to have Shmir Samachshava and to not speak in a certain way, in a casual way with women and, and to not think about these types of things and to, and to be honest in business and all these things. That's what the tzaddikim of Sadaim were all about, says the Meshachachma. It wasn't a classic tzaddik. No, Rabchaim Kanievsky would probably not choose to live in Sadaim. But the tzaddikim that we're talking about in this Pasuk are people like you and I. People that have to go into the city once in a while, have to go on buses and on airplanes and on trains and, on, and see things that are, and expose ourselves to things. And to be able to be miskaber to the, the ability that we can. That's also a tzaddik. That's also an asas l'chal ha'ir ba'avurom. That if we are people that are nizar in things, and it's hard, this is a very difficult Kufa that we're living in because we have so much technology we have access to everything in our pockets and, and it's hard to be strong 
And sometimes we're not in the mood to be strong. We give up the fight so easily sometimes. But if a person is able to miscaber once in a while, win a, li- a few, notch a few victories in, in those battles that we're dealing with, HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at us as a tzaddik. HaKadosh Baruch Hu would save a whole city for us. If we're learning for sure, but even if we're not learning full-time or enough, as we should, but we're able to be miscaber over our Yitzharas, and we're able to like fight a little bit of the battle and push back and give the Yitzhar a little bit of a run for his money and not be successful every time. There will be times that we fall. There will be times that we fail. But if we're trying our hardest and we're really making a concerted effort, and especially now when there's a Muhammad going on and we understand the power of being Leichem now, and we're able to fight our own battles and not look at everything and not listen to everything and not think about everything and not go places that we know we're going to be prob- we'll have problems with looking at certain things or, or speaking to certain people that we know are not good for us to speak with. That's our war effort also. Not just learning, not just davening, but being such a tzaddik that we're able to really try to fight the good fight in our personal shmiris, our personal taivas. And this is a, a very, very important lesson that we're learning here today to appreciate the tzaddikim amongst us. And I'm not just talking about the ones with the long white beards and the ones that are, that are you know, world-famous tzaddikim. Those we for sure have to appreciate. But even when we look in the mirror, appreciate the tzaddik that we are. We had every excuse not to be in yeshiva. We could have gone with our friends to, 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 you know, to regular Gayesha colleges and to be doing who knows what. But we chose to come to this yeshiva. We chose to come on a Friday to a shmuz and to stay in yeshiva when the yeshiva is going to be here for a Shabbos and to have and to and to to try to do as much as we can to be in a good place, to be in the right place, and to learn as much as we can and to and to do the right thing and to go for a parnasa, which is a good thing, and at the same time to be nishmar and to be nizar from yisurim. And the more that we do that, we are, are the tzaddikim that Avram Avinu was dreaming of. We were the tzaddikim that, that Avram Avinu was saying. He wasn't just talking about tzaddaim. He was pleading not just for those Risham and tzaddaim, but for the Risham and our dar in 2023, who are also engaged. We, we, we're in such trouble. The whole world is, is, is going crazy. The whole world is unhinged. And this Misa, this Melchama that we're going through is is opening up rishas anti-Semitism that we haven't seen in 70, 80 years. They say it's against you know, Israel. It's not against Israel. It's against Jews. Make no mistake about it. And all the college campuses that are erupting and, and all of the, the, metropo- the, the metropolises in the world, whether it's in London or whether it's in Paris or whether it's in New York, Brooklyn, and there's thousands, tens of thousands of people that, are, are, that were Michael the, 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 the Hamas for doing this what they did on October 7th on Simchas Taira, that's fine. But Chas that we should defend ourselves and try to save our, our people, that's, that's us, that you can't do. Where is that coming from? It's coming from just a rishus that people were being nice all these years. They were, they, it wasn't socially, politically correct to be anti-Semitic, but now it's okay. Now we're all fair game. And so the world is going crazy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, should have rachamim on the world because Klal Yisrael is really the, they don't understand, the world doesn't understand what a yid is and how the whole world exists and prospers and flourishes because of yidin. 
and we have to realize it. We have to understand the power that we have. We have to look in a mirror and feel good about ourselves and look at ourselves as being tzaddikim and appreciate all the taiv, all the kedusha, all the tzidkos that we're bringing to the world, that our yeshivas bring to the world, that Klal Yisrael contains, whether it's the chayalim or it's the avreichim, and everyone in between, the amech kulam tzaddikim, we're all really hidden tzaddikim. We have to be mulam mitzchos and everybody. And Amir Hashem, through all that we're doing, we're not just going to win this Mulchama, we're going to Amir Hashem be able to have the ultimate Yeshua, which really, I think we all can agree unanimously, that if there's a time for Mashiach to come, it's now. We can't exist anymore. It's like unbearable. We need Mashiach. It's not just like, when things are good, you say it and everyone says, Amen, and everyone you know, is very happy with the Joshua. But sometimes you feel like you need Mashiach now. Like it's not Shaykh anymore. Like we're mamish at the end of, our, uh, of the line. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't like, call a, a ceasefire on, on the world, on what's going on in the world, and bring Mashiach, then, then we don't know what's going to be next. So let's appreciate Taira. Let's learn more. Let's daven more. Let's have more Shmira in our personal Avaida in our Shmira Seinayim, in our, everything that we're doing, we have to all step up our game, and we're going to be able to protect our cities, we're going to be able to protect our Yisrael, and we're going to be able to bring Yeshua to the entire, entire world. Have a good Shabbos.